Welcome to FS Air, the weekly teaching content of Forest Students, brought to you over the airwaves. What's the first thing that you notice about someone? A survey from USA Today came out a few years ago that 47% of people first notice your smile. 31% said that they first noticed someone's eyes, and then came other superficial things such as smell, hair, clothes, body, and so on. First impressions often come from our outward appearance, but it's only as we get to know someone that we find out who they really are. If you were to ask the Bible what people might first notice about you, the Bible might give you a surprising answer. Your words. When Jesus is giving his famous Sermon on the Mount, he begins to talk about the visible fruit of your life. Your fruit is what tells people who you are and what you're about. Immediately after Jesus makes his point, he gives an example of how this works using the example of our words. Luke 6, 43-45 says, A good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes, or grapes picked from a bramble bush. A good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. In this sermon, Jesus is revealing to his followers how God's instructions should shape our lives. You probably remember the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God, and so on. Well, Jesus is getting through to his followers that how you live matters to God. How you live matters to God. We live in a world that tells you to live virtually however you want. Follow your heart. Be who you want to be. Don't let anyone stand in the way. But Jesus is telling us here that actually we should not just live however we want. There is a right way and a wrong way to do life. In these verses, we find that our lives can produce either good fruit or bad fruit for everyone else to see. And our words are one of the most visible fruits possible. So here are two thoughts for you on why you should watch your words. Number one, watch your words because they are a part of your witness. Watch your words because they are a part of your witness. Aside from maybe what you look like, the words you speak and the way you talk is probably the most noticeable thing about you. If your life was a tree, the words you use are its fruit. That's what Jesus is getting at here. And this fruit can either be good or be rotten. Jesus makes it simple. People can tell what kind of person you are by the words that come out of your mouth. Look again at verses 43 through 44. A good tree doesn't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. Figs don't come from thorn bushes, and grapes don't come from bramble. So if you walked up to a tree and saw it had good, healthy fruit on it, what would you think about the tree? It's a good tree, a healthy tree. But if you walked up to a tree and saw brown, spotted, rotten fruit on it, all over it, what would you think about that tree? Probably that the tree is sick. Something's wrong with it. 
and probably that you should cut down this tree before others get infected too. This is what Jesus is saying about our words. If you claim to be a Christian, but your words are mean, discouraging, mocking, even profane, you are not bearing good fruit. Others are going to hear the words you speak and think you're no different than anyone else. As a Christian, your life should be glaringly, obviously different from those around you. Jesus told us, we are salt and light in this world. Salt is good because it has a distinct taste. Light is good because it contrasts and shines through darkness. And one of the most obvious ways you can show people that you are salt and light, that God is the one who calls the shots in your life, is by the words that you use. If your words are no different than the YouTubers that you watch, the friends that you game with online, your teammates in the locker room, the kids in class, then your fruit might actually be rotten. If your texts and DMs are something you wouldn't exactly want broadcasted up on a big screen for everyone to see, then your fruit might be rotten. And Jesus warned us, that is a dangerous thing to let happen. Matthew 7, 19 says that every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Jesus says in Matthew 12, verse 36, I tell you, on that day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. So do you think God cares about your words? Yeah, absolutely he does. So take stock of them because they are some of the most noticeable, noticeable fruit of your life. And God will hold you and me accountable for them. These verses should challenge us to raise the bar for our words. And that's not just not saying the extra bad four-letter words, but rooting out all harsh, crass, and offensive words that have made their way into our vocabulary. This is why using slurs like retard, the N-word, calling things or people gay or queer, fag. Those are absolutely sinful, rotten words against God. They give off a terrible witness to the world around us. They are rotten fruit. These words are offensive words, regardless of how many other teenagers or song lyrics are using them. These are demeaning and insulting words, not encouraging ones, and they should not be a part of any Christian's vocabulary. One author puts it this way, Profanity, then, is not about the number of letters in a word. It's about the way we treat, talk about, or fail to reverence or enjoy people and things that God has created. Profanity is a bad thing, not primarily because it talks about bad things, but because it talks badly about good things. These good things encompass all God has made, including humans made in His image. This brings us to number two. Watch your words because they reveal your heart. Watch your words because they reveal your heart. Look back at verse 45. A good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. This is pretty simple to understand. But we don't often think about it. What someone does on the outside reveals what their heart is about on the inside. If someone is making good decisions and acting with good deeds, then we know it's because they have inner character and virtue. 
But if someone is making bad decisions and acting with sinful deeds, then we know it's because they have inner sin and corruption. So Jesus is saying here that if your words are bad, then they're revealing sin inside your heart. And more than just revealing, your insults, your cutdowns, your curses, your outbursts are actually caused by that sin in your heart. Imagine you turned on your faucet and oily, brown, dirty water came out. That is what happened in Flint, Michigan, beginning in the year 2011. The city was in a financial crisis after many of its citizens had moved away. So the city decided they were going to have to save some money somewhere. And they chose to do that by switching their water source from the filtered water in nearby Detroit to the local Flint River that ran through their city. But because they cut costs in water filtration, the citizens began having dirty brown water spilling out of their faucets. No matter what faucet in your house you turned on, dirty brown water with elevated levels of lead, which by the way is poisonous. So what is the solution for Flint? Did the citizens just need to clean their faucets out? Just replace their pipes? No, the entire city needed a new source of water altogether. Until you solve the dirty water problem at the source, it doesn't matter how clean your faucets or your pipes are. You're going to need a new water source altogether. Flint finally had to switch back to using filtered water from Detroit, a mistake that cost them over $12 million. The same principle of dirty water coming out of a faucet from a dirty source is what our words reveal about our hearts. Jesus is saying essentially that if your words are clean, pure, and refreshing, then that shows that your heart is at its source good. But if your words are dirty, rotten, offensive, then it's revealing that your heart is bad. Pastor and author Mike McKinley writes this, The words we speak are the fruit of our hearts. And so your word problems are really a heart problem. Your speech doesn't come from nowhere. It springs naturally from your heart. It shows everyone what you are really like. This is why the solution to cleaning up our language is so much more than just don't say these bad words and you're fine. If I were to give you a list of 20 words you shouldn't say, that still doesn't fix your heart beneath those words. You can avoid the F word, the S word, the N word completely and still have a rotten heart at your core. The Bible makes it clear that actually all of us have rotten hearts by default. Jeremiah 17, 9 says the heart is more deceitful than all else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And these rotten hearts give way to untamed tongues. James 3, verse 6 says the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Jesus goes so far as to say that those who insult and curse are even worthy of the fires of hell themselves. So all of a sudden, we have a big problem on our hands. Watching our words is a whole lot more serious than you or I think. And if we're being honest, our mouths get us into trouble sometimes. You may have even gotten into trouble this week because of something you said. So who can bail us out of this predicament? If God is going to hold us accountable for every careless word we've spoken, then we're in trouble. 
This is why Jesus had to come die on a cross for us. Jesus lived the perfect life that we couldn't, including all the words he spoke. Jesus spoke graciously to people, kindly to sinners. Jesus did speak forcefully to others, but he never sinned in his words. 1 Peter 2.23 tells us that when Jesus was insulted, he did not insult in return. And when he suffered, he did not threaten. And when he died, he took the punishment that your words and my words deserve. So when we trust in Jesus, he doesn't just wash our mouths out with a bar of soap. He gives us a heart transplant. He changes our dead, sinful hearts into new and holy ones by his Holy Spirit. He fixes the source of our word problem, which we can never do on our own. So that is the first step in watching our words. Give your heart to Jesus. And from there, step two is to slowly learn how to grow in holiness with your words, being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, giving gentle responses to someone who is angry, restraining your words when you want to lash out. Those things are not easy. I'm 28 years old and I still mess up with my words. But if you fill yourself up with the word of God, God's word in the pages of scripture, you'll begin to find that your words will sound a lot more like his and a lot less like everyone else. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to check out the episode description for discussion questions and additional Bible reading to do with your family, your friends, or your small group. And make sure to check back again soon for more content. We'll see you next time. Welcome to FS Air, the weekly teaching content of Forest students, brought to you over the airwaves. <laughs>